Thanks, Eileen. Thank you very much. Good afternoon on this Friday afternoon. How are you? 51551 ray at rte.ie. So it's just about coming up to, you know, nearly 48 hours, two days since Ashling Murphy was murdered in Tullamore. Um, and all of those things are there, if not stronger today for some reason, that, that shock and anger and upset. And I heard Michal Martin use the word revulsion. And there's also that thing of helplessness that, that, that we, we, we all desperately want to support um, Ashling's family and, and how do we do it? And of course, the vigils are, are part of that. It's a public display of solidarity uh, with the family, with her dad, uh, Ray, and uh, her mum, Kathleen, and her brother, Cahill, and her sister, Amy. Um, and, and that's part of it. And not everybody will be able to go uh, to a vigil. And if you want to, I suppose, if, if you want to register your solidarity, um, we're here to, to pass it on. Um, and, and like, disbelief is the other thing, isn't it? I said that at the beginning yesterday, that when I heard the reports first, I, 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 no, that couldn't happen. That couldn't happen. So if if, if me, you, at a, at a distance, a good distance from it, are feeling that, you can only try to imagine uh, what it's like for Ashling's family. And, and probably thinking this is a nightmare, we're going to wake up and it'll be fine. And Ashling and walk through the door and, and say, you know, great, hey, I'm home. That's not going to happen. And I'm looking at that picture of the family smiling out at me from the Independent today and uh, Conor Feehan's uh, interview. Uh, and there they are and the big smiles on their faces. Um, and Ashling, the baby of the bunch and, and uh, quotes from her mum and dad speaking so lovingly of, of, of their youngest child. Um, and it's just, just heartbreaking. It's just really, really um, heartbreaking. And I see the uh, an online... Online books of condolences um, for Ashling have been opened around the country. I can't remember in my lifetime um, uh, as big an outpouring of grief in this country. Um, and maybe maybe there was, I wasn't aware of it. Um, it's just, it's, it's palpable everywhere, everywhere. And it's, 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 even if people don't mention it, you know they're thinking it and you're thinking it. And, and that's, it's just there, it's in the air. It's in the air. And uh, as you heard on Liveline there at the end, uh, over 100 vigils uh, are planned between today and tomorrow in memory of Ashling. Um, Geraldine Grennan is a journalist with the Westmeath Independent and the Offaly Independent. And she joins us now from Ashling's hometown of Tullamore uh, to talk to us about the vigil planned there for four o'clock today. Uh, how are you doing, Geraldine? I'm good, Ray. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks so much for taking the call today. You're welcome. Uh, um, you have a connection, in a way, with Ashling. Um, well, to your daughters. Yes, I have two daughters and two sons, um, Ray. And my 22-year-old daughter, who's also doing primary teaching, um, she worked for over two years with Ashling in Eddie Rockets in the centre of Tullamore right. here while they were students. So she would, you know, she would have certainly known her quite well. And you know the way all young people, they all know each other mm. um, because they're in contact the whole time. And um, it's been just very upsetting, really, for her and all her friends. And I think for everybody, for parents and just and the whole town, really, is just reeling, to be honest. And you're obviously talking to your daughter over the last 48 hours. What's she saying to you about it? How is she making sense well, of it? Well, oh, God, I don't think any of them 
be honest, Ray, know how to deal with it yeah. because none of us know how to deal with it, really. And she was here yesterday evening and a couple of her friends were here and, um, th- you know, we were watching the news and they were all crying and, oh, it's just, it's just it's very, very, it's it very heartbreaking, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they shouldn't have to deal with it because, look, my daughters, no, no more than anybody's daughters, no more than ourselves, I mean, that walkway is used by everybody. And your other, daughters would yes, go running, yeah. you know, just the same as jogging, walking, whatever, taking the dog out. You know, you'd never even think about it in the middle of the day. Yeah. And it yeah. is, one of your daughters, is, a reg- is she a regular runner on that part of the canal? Uh, well, maybe not on that particular right. stretch, but certainly on the canal. Yeah, she would run all the time. And, you know, she'd just go out for a run there on her own. We wouldn't think twice about letting her off, you know. Yeah. No more than with any parent, really. No, and shouldn't have to think about it either. And shouldn't have to think about it, is right, yeah. Um, of course, all that has changed. Uh, so, I, I was just saying there that people are feel a little bit helpless and they want to show solidarity for the Murphy family. And, yes. and these vigils that have been organised, which is brilliantly by people around the country, individuals are, are doing it. It's, yes. not, it's not big organisations. And, no. and, uh, and there's this lovely outpouring of grief and, and, and it's like a big national hug for, for well, the, you for would the Murphys. hope, yeah. yes, it might give them some sense of consolation, you yes, know. Yeah. Uh, although where you find consolation, Ray, in the I, middle I, of all this, I don't, I don't know. know. I actually mm. don't. I actually don't know. No. Yeah. Um, um, as Neve Fitzpatrick, we were talking to her yesterday, the psychiatrist, sorry, psycho- yes. psychologist, and she went through her own tragedy yes. uh, with, with her sister Dara, and and mm. she used this phrase, uh, "walking with them." It's like, we're, you know, we can't possibly, you know, know what it's yeah. like, but we're walking with them and they, they'll get strength from that. So yeah. so the, the vigil then that's planned for four o'clock, whereabouts in Tullamore is it planned for, Geraldine? It's in, uh, well, the park is called Lloyd Town Park, but it's it's more normally known as Tullamore Town Park. And it has a playground in the middle of it, a water feature, a walking track. It's very widely used by families in particular and um it would be a gathering point, I suppose, for young people in the summer. There's a skate park there as well. Uh, so that's where it's planned at four o'clock. Now, there's also another um, small vigil planned for Digby Bridge, which is the area where Ashling lost her life. Um, it's be, uh, That's at 4.30. Now, my understanding is that's being organised by Captain Curl GAA Club. Um, I there's not much. It's just I think it's just a small kind okay. of personal thing, really. And, and yeah. Capon Cor is the town's land in which the murder happened. Yes. Yes, uh, which is out the road from from Tullamore. How just long? Out the road, yeah. How long is it? Would you know approximately from where the vigil is in the middle of the town to Capon Cor? What are we talking? Is it a couple of miles or? Um, yeah, I suppose it would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm just trying to create a picture for people listening at home because the, the people who aren't familiar with the geography of yes, uh, yes. of Tullamore. So, have you any idea how many people are going to arrive to this? I don't, but I would say, Ray, given the air of disbelief and the grief and everything in the town, I would think there'll be a big turnout. Um you know, people are, are just shocked to the core by this by this murder and I would think that anybody that can come will and yeah. a lot of the businesses are closing. Uh-huh. Now, I spoke with the Chamber of Commerce before I came on air here and they said that while they hadn't requested businesses to close in light of the COVID closures and that sort of thing, not, about 90% of the businesses are actually closing. Okay. 
yeah, yeah. and some of the businesses have also donated, you know, like Duffy and Scott candle makers here in the town, they have donated 500 candles uh, for the vigil, which is very nice gesture. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a very emotional um, I would think so, yes. Peter. Now, I, my understanding is that there is a stage set up there and that uh, a group of Ashling's or Ashling's friends from Kyoltus are going to play music. Oh, Lord, yeah. And there'll be, there could be up to 30 or 40 of them. Now, there's also going to be a prayer service. There's going to be no speeches. Just I think it's just music and prayer. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, Geraldine, mind yourself and, and give your two daughters and, and your two sons <laughs> big hugs tonight. I think we're all doing that, aren't we? Yeah, I Those think so. I think children. just every house is, is just, you know, um, it's just a, a, an eerie feeling really it in is, every house. Yeah. And they're just, you know, if you can't be with the Murphys, that's, you're certainly thinking of them anyway. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Geraldine. Geraldine Grennan okay. there uh, from the Westmead Independent and Offaly Independent. Um, now, a lot of the talk over the last 48 hours is about uh, changing the conversation from uh, discussing how women can stay safe to uh, talking to men about how they can make sure that women shouldn't feel they're in danger. And we spotted an article uh, a couple of weeks ago in the Irish Times. Uh, it was an interview with Mary Crilly. Uh, and Mary uh, is retiring from her work uh, as head of the Cork Sexual Violence Centre. Uh, and one of their campaigns was just that. It was to address the predators, um, giving them instructions. Um, so redirecting the conversation. Uh, and Mary Crilly is on the line now. Uh, from our Cork studio. How are you doing, Mary? I'm not doing too bad, considering now, the day that's in it. Thank yeah, you, Ray. yeah. Uh, we 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 plan to talk to you next week, and um, it, it's sort of heartbreaking, isn't it? This and uh, have you because you you've been sort of tuned into violence against women for what forty years now yeah, in, in for a real way 40 years, through yeah. your work. Can you remember? anything like this before, this this outpouring of grief. I can't and remember sh- the outpouring. And no. even walking to the studio today, I was heartened by kind of signs, even in shops, kind of saying we're doing a, a silent prayer or a silent minute at four o'clock shops that wouldn't have done it before, like big shops or shops where a lot of young people um, came in. And I was really heartened this morning when I came into work. There was, um, we're having candlelight vigil just outside the centre at 4.30 and a man had come in with two candles that looked quite worn like that he had in his house yes. or his flat and he just dropped them in and he couldn't come but he wants to be remembered. And you see, I think there is a lot of men out there who do want to make change and I think we also have to take some kind of um, idea or inspiration about what we can do next. I mean, I think I feel stunned right now. I feel like somebody belonged to me has died. I think that's the feeling yeah. around the country. So today is about, you know, just hanging on to that and sending our good vibes of whatever we can do to the family. And I can't, I, I can't even think about how teachers in that school will tell their children in first class how to deal with this. It must be extremely difficult for them. But we have to kind of make sure something happens to you know, mm. after this, because the other side is there are also 244 women who've been murdered in this country since 1997 by, you know, intimate partners. So I get just as shocked, you know, by that. Yes. This is different because I think people saw it was in daylight, even though women in their own home get murdered during the day. But this is what we're dealing with. And I think there are a lot of men out there who do want to do something. And it's about looking at kind of how can we all work together to change the conversation? Because women have done whatever they can do, um, holding keys, 
watching where they're going, not wearing earphones, doing everything they can possibly do. So it's up to the men not to step up because I really believe the men don't have a clue that this is what women do when they walk out. Like I talked to a young man this morning and he said to me, all I worry about is, is it going to rain or not? It doesn't dawn on me what might happen or I'm walking behind somebody. Mm. And it literally doesn't dawn on them. And, you know, I'm tired of the hashtag or the handle kind of not all men. We all know it's not all men. I'd like to put more of the energy into kind of informing men about the woman in front of you. We know you're not a danger to her. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know you're not the man who's dangerous. You know, so let's look at kind of how we can deal with things, how we can change the situation and how you can talk and ask men to intervene. Like I was very touched by something Sarah Benson said last night about her time when she worked in a, in a bar where she'd hear men talking about their pal who was very abusive to his partner. But when he came and joined the company, they all went silent. They didn't talk. And that's what has to change. It can be very uncomfortable challenging somebody, you know. It can be uncomfortable, but that's what needs to happen because women um, have just done as much as they can possibly do to protect themselves and it's not working. There's, there, there seems to be a cycle, though, doesn't there, when some tragedy like this happens we have these chats with people like you and everybody says it has to change. And then a week on, when the news cycle has, has moved on, uh, people are reluctant to have that chat because they're saying, well, we had that last week. And, and it, it, that's human nature in a way, isn't it? Do you think it, it's it, different this time? I think it's very different this time because I think people are standing up, are kind of coming in, are kind of saying we want to do something about this, but are kind of feeling helpless about what to do. So it's up to the whole lot of us just to keep the conversation going. I think if men feel kind of that we're attacking them or that we're pointing them out, um, that's not going to make any difference. That's not going to change things. But all I'm asking is for the men to have discussion about it and even in their own families. Mm. You know, if I think about, say, young girls I'd meet who are raped um, and they want to tell their families because like, the reality is a centre like ours, we see people maybe once a week for an hour. That's as much as we do. And they'll all say to me, I want to talk to my family, but I'm afraid to. I'm afraid to because my older sister was raped, so I can't tell them it happened to me too. Yeah. What I more and more hear of is I love my dad. I'm a real daddy's girl and he might look at me differently if I told him this. Yes. And that's what I mean where the conversation needs to start because I'm sure that father would be heartbroken to find out in 10 years or 20 years' time that his daughter had been raped when she was a teenager or 13 or 14. Sure. So that's where the conversation needs to start. Surely if a man is innocent and has not nothing to hide and hasn't done any of the things that we've heard uh, recounted by women uh, on Liveline and on other shows and in the papers, then he has nothing to give out about. Absolutely nothing. So you would worry about, and I'm saying this carefully, but you're worried about men who uh, take, you know, take umbrage at what's been said. And, and sometimes you get really annoyed at them too because like say even that article in the Times and I'm not retiring now for another while till after the 40th okay. next year anyway right. but even that article in the Times would you believe that I got emails in from men who said that they were really angry that I hadn't mentioned that men get raped as well yes. I didn't write the article this was an article yeah. where I was more open than I'd ever been with anybody about stuff that happened to me too it was just somebody interviewing me about 40 years in the centre yeah. and still and we've always seen men in the centre and I've always insisted that we see men in the centre because abuse is abuse. Um, and, and still the men will email in, in the middle of all this, some men, and say you didn't mention men and we're really angry with you. 
Yeah. Uh, They're tough. Stay angry with me, but I want the other men who feel really so safe in their own skin and who are really men to start a conversation going. Because often I think when men are in the room, women might stop talking about it or we don't include the men or we might say, don't tell your father. Um, we need to start telling our fathers. Yeah. Everybody needs to be involved to change this. And, and of course, uh, it's about the future as well. It's about uh, little boys um, and what they see at home. Um, so, as I said yesterday, monkey see, monkey do. And if a little boy sees how his dad behaves, even interacting with the television when women come on or interacting with his his, his mother, his partner, um, that that's they think that's normal and they continue to do that. And breaking that cycle is difficult, isn't it? Because it, it you, is very you, difficult. You have to get into people's homes to do that. And the whole conversation, then, if we want to kind of help, uh, you know, men who might have been abused or adult male rape, if we're yeah. not allowing men to talk about sexual violence in any kind of way, how are they going to be able to disclose what happened to them? And also we see a lot of young women who, you know, we ask them why they're coming into the centre. They might say they've met a really lovely young guy, but they can't be intimate with him. And then the boyfriend might ring at one stage saying, I don't know how to support my girlfriend because this is totally out of my totally out of my being I have never come yes. across this before so you know if they were talked about it earlier on that might help them if we treat it you know when we look at um, an elderly woman who's raped and nobody wants to think about that but unfortunately we have met a number of them and we're outraged and we're really angry and furious but we see it in a very black and white way when a young girl gets raped all of a sudden it's not black and white anymore it's grey and that's what we need to stop because when it becomes grey we question the victim's role in the whole thing where the victim has no role in it bar being a victim in the whole thing so if we look at it in a black and white kind of way I think we can make enormous changes like Irish people hate injustice and I think people will stand up and make changes if they just know what to do I think the first thing is to everybody get involved look at it straight on and let's see what we can do and Mary, you've worked in this area for over 40 years now and you will continue to work uh, in this area. But is it something that's always going to be with us? And I know that's, that's, that's despairing to think like that. Uh, is it just part of who we are as humans? The male being bigger and stronger than the female taking advantage of that inequality? I, I don't think it has to be. Okay. I mean, I think what needs to stop too is the victim blaming. You know, it's kind of looking at girls as kind of um, easy prey and the guys, certain guys kind of saying they're entitled to do this. It doesn't always have to be that way. Mm. Um, it really doesn't. Like, I know the figures when we started in 83, there was something like 300 reports in the whole country and there's about 2,000 now. Yeah. Um, there's still very few will end up in court or very few going that route. But I think what we're doing over the years is looking at things hidden in plain sight like at one stage who knew about the institution abuse of young boys in institutions yeah. who knew about um, you know sex trafficking who knew about FGM all these things that we keep uncovering now um, that were hidden in plain sight but at least we're uncovering them and uncovering and uncovering them because I think like let's get real people live their lives as best they can and very often I see people in juries and they don't, they've never been even involved in a, in a court case or ever come across somebody who's spoken to them about being raped. So it's not in their way of thinking. And all I'm saying is, no matter how comfortable it is, let's just for now put it in your way okay. of thinking and let's see what we can do to solve it. You have children of your own, boys or girls? Well, I have two adult girls and I have right. three grandchildren. I have uh, okay. a granddaughter and two grandsons. Yeah. How do you... You know, how do you communicate with your grandsons differently to, to, to try and ensure that they won't grow up to be men who will be violent towards women? All I can do is kind of talk to my daughters. I mean, because the, the grandsons right now are quite young and yes. two of them live um, in Norway, so I don't okay, see them a right, huge amount. Yes. 
I think it's like you said, just kind of by practice and by kind of what you show and how you are with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I go out to schools a lot, I go out to colleges a lot. I find the young guys I meet really good, really open, really chatty. But then when they come into groups, that's where the toxic conversations start happening. And that's where the guys get uncomfortable and won't call somebody out. Yeah. And, and I suppose I, I always fear that, you know, the people that we want to get to, aren't listening to us talking now. The people that we want to get to probably aren't going to talks that you're given in, in schools or maybe they have to, I don't know. But, but you know, it's difficult to reach these people. How do we reach these people? How well, do we talk to them in their language to I get into their even, heads? I think even we started, you know, with the company you're keeping and with the guys who wouldn't dream of doing anything. I don't know how many guys I've met over the years who said to me, I've never dreamed of doing this, but I know my friend does it and right. I'm not going to call him out because I don't want to get involved. I don't want to know. And that's where it has to stop at that stage. That's where there has to be some yeah. kind of sanction or some kind of accountability. I'm not saying, you know, run to the guards and, you know, tell tell the guards about your friend, but really hold them to account because if you don't, it's like we're allowing them perpetrate these crimes or tolerating it. We're yeah. being part of kind of what's happening. And pe- people listening to the conversations over the last the last couple of days are probably saying, well, how does, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, how does a bit of banter, as they call it, in the pub, you know, how do you connect that to somebody murdering a young woman? I think the way we look at women in society, I think we look at kind of one in five women in this country, and this was through the a sexual assault treatment um, a survey that was done 20 years ago uh, by the College of Surgeons where it showed that one in five girls are raped or sexually abused in their lifetime. We highlight something during V-Day, which is in February, that one billion women out of the three billion women in the world will be raped or sexually abused. So, like, it is happening. Um, and we, once we know that reality, once we have those figures, we just have to take it from there. Mm. and really ask people to keep talking about it because, you know, look at this country where years ago um, you wouldn't dream of not having a few drinks and driving. You really wouldn't. And people were saying you couldn't change the culture. It is changed. It was to do with um, smoking. People were saying you couldn't change the culture. It did change. I think violence against women, if people look at it straight on and the extent of it, nobody wants to know that, that their daughter is going to be unsafe. And I can guarantee you there's loads of daughters at home in their houses who have been abused or have been raped and they have told no one. And I find that heartbreaking when I see a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old, um, well, they'd always have to be with their parents, but older girls, maybe 19, who will not tell a family, who will not tell a friend because they say it you know, it happened to my sister, I can't hurt my family, they won't want to know about it. And like what I would like to say to those girls today is, and those guys who are raped, because we see them as well, if the perpetrator comes up to you and said he didn't mean it, it just was a spur of the moment thing, um, all this kind of stuff, don't believe him. Okay. Don't buy that. Because they do play head games with you, they do. I know, Mary, that you, you stalking is something that you're that you're going to do some work on, and I'd love to talk to you about that in the future, um, and and we'll have a, a bigger conversation that we plan for to, next week. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll leave that for a few weeks. Uh, but for the moment, Mary Crilly, thank you, uh, head of the Cork Sexual Violence Centre. Thanks so much for taking time out to talk today. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Um, now, uh, as a former bouncer, I can vouch it's not easy to face down an aggressive alpha male if they are talking out of turn about women. It takes more courage than most men have. Um, says that person and uh, Olive says I'm isolating today so can't attend our vigil in Clontarf but I have a candle lighting in my window so very sad keep safe says Olive 
Uh, mind yourself, Olaf. I was thinking that anyone unable, for whatever reason, to travel to an Ashling vigil could light a candle at home and share a picture of it on social media. That's a nice idea, isn't it? Uh, I would love to see vigils set up by men, inviting men to participate in solidarity. Well, the, well, the vigils aren't uh, excluding men. Uh, I, I'm presuming that all men um, are as welcome as women to the vigils organised around the country. Uh, deep sympathy to Ashling's family at this time. Total disbelief. As a 50-year-old woman, I'm shocked but not surprised. Uh, I have felt fear many times. And anyone who has buried their child, no matter what age, those parents are always bereaved parents. The pain is lifelong. Only another parent similarly bereaved can really get the sorrow, the shock and the pain, says Anne. And I, I, I'm just reading between the lines that Anne probably knows that sorrow, shock and pain. Now, um, so we will be coming back to the vigil uh, just before four o'clock. Um, so we'll have a, a national uh, moment of reflection um, for Ashling Murphy just before four o'clock uh, as vigils happen all over the country. Uh, but for the moment, we're going to uh, leave that there. We'll take a quick commercial break. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Uh, yeah, um, we will be doing the quiz after four o'clock and we're looking for two people to come on and answer three questions each. Uh, and the prize this week, lovely prize from the Wilder Townhouse uh, in Dublin City Centre. Uh, it's one of Dublin's finest residence-only townhouses uh, nestled in beautifully manicured gardens. It's a Victorian townhouse steeped in history and lovingly restored. Offers a luxurious experience for every guest coming through its welcoming doors. Very central too as well. Uh, up there uh, close to the famous Ivy Gardens, Harcourt Street, very close to St Stephen's Green. So a perfect place uh, to do what you have to do around Dublin city centre. Um, and that's our prize today. So we're looking for two people uh, to come on uh, after four o'clock and answer three questions each. How much is the lotto jackpot that needs to be won tomorrow night? Uh, 0818715925. Wouldn't it be odd if the actual, the amount was won? Because if it isn't won, then it's going to go down. So you could actually win the lottery tomorrow for the first time ever with, with you know, less numbers. That's the way it's going to work. Uh, but of course, statistics will tell us that the likelihood of more people getting, you know, five numbers or whatever rather than six, uh, you know, so you're probably going to have to share it with people. But, you know, nice. Any sort of, you know, what, one tenth of 19? Oh, I gave the answer away. One <laughs> tenth of that is, is still a good chunk of money. Now, on Monday, uh, we spoke to a very special young man called DJ Grimes from Bruff and County Limerick. Uh, if you remember, DJ had made a bucket list of things he wanted to do before he goes blind. Um, we helped him sort out a few things from that book list and he's had a very busy week uh, and we have his mum Caroline back on the line and uh, DJ himself How are you doing Caroline? Hi Ray, how are you? Good to talk to you again uh, How are you doing you. DJ if you can hear me in the background there? Good Yeah good, good Good to talk to you again So just to remind people you, you'd, you'd, uh, like Monday was a big day because uh, you, you came up here obviously and you were in the RT studios very posh uh, doing a radio interview for the, for the first time uh, and then loads of people wanted to help you out so you're, you're, you're going to London you met your, your heroes well two heroes didn't you? You met two heroes who, who, well you spoke to who did you speak to on the phone? Uh, David Rollins Yes and, and, and uh, he's going to help you write your book. Yes, she is. Yes, yeah. And and then, the, you know, who who sort of exploded into the studio? The Lucille Cowhead. Yes. 
The, the look on your face, TJ, when you saw Donegal Callahan, <laughs> you were speechless. You were speechless. And, and on top of that, then, we got an invitation for you from Dublin Zoo to go out and meet the, uh, the lions. Um, you're, yeah, you're going to the Irish Rail simulator. So it's the nearest thing to driving a train without driving a train. So all, all that's good. Um, uh, so, Caroline, and then it got busier after that, did it? Oh yeah, we've had a crazy week. He's been busy every day this week. Right, go on. Um, Tuesday he went on a podcast in Limerick. Wednesday he had two lots of karate and he met the Limerick hurler Sean Finn. Right. Um, Thursday he had uh, he worked in the office of a politician or local politician Richard O'Donoghue. Right. His new best friend. Right. <laughs> um, and he went to scouts for the first time. Right. Today he's wrestling, tomorrow he has swimming and Sunday he's going to be roaring at the Limerick match. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and then, because it's a long list, this bucket list that, that you want to achieve, DJ, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a long list. I'm looking here, Mandelo Park in February. Brilliant. Uh, what else? There? Ma- Manchester United? Yes. Who are you going to that with? Um, He's bringing you to Manchester United. Brilliant. Uh, and uh, the National Council of Blind in Ireland have been on to you. They're going to help you with the Braille for your book. Yes, yes, yeah. they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Caroline, this is like it's it's you know it's it's one of those uh, sad stories, but there's an awful lot of hope here, isn't there? And uh, yeah. you must be very uh, encouraged by everything that's happening. Over an emotional record week with all the support. Yeah. He will still live in hope that he won't. Like, he's defied the odds already with the site, but obviously the news hasn't been great since. But we'll still live in hope, but at least he has ticked off all the bucket list with the help of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, even from out of the country, there's people messaging wanting to help. Yeah, and, and, and have you got a new follower on Instagram, DJ? Who's following you? David Williams. Hey! And look, he's very fussy. He's very fussy about who he follows on Instagram. I know that for a fact. <laughs> so, so, oh. Yeah, yeah. He only follows celebrities. There, there, there you go. Uh, that's brilliant. That, 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 that is brilliant. Do you know what, DJ, when he was talking to you, I believed every word he said. He's, he's going to become a really good friend of yours and he promised that the next time he was in Ireland that G2 would meet up. So that's great, he's isn't it? emailed. Oh, has he? Right. <laughs> Look at you. So he has your email address and everything. That's that's brilliant. Um, now, one of the things we didn't get to do, because you were you, you did the radio interview, but um, your name suggests that you should want to do something else when you're in a radio studio, DJ. Uh, so do you want to do a bit of DJing before we go um, and maybe introduce your favourite song? Caroline, uh, mind yourself, we'll be talking soon, I'm sure. Keep in touch. Um, Thanks a million for uh, everything, Ray. Uh, yeah, and I'll hand over now to DJ, DJ Grimes to introduce his favourite song. When you're ready, DJ. Dermot Kennedy, Giants. Hey! Dermot Kennedy, Giants, as introduced by DJ, DJ Grimes. Uh, DJ made me cry on Monday. My God, he's a little trooper. And he should ask to meet Joe Biden for the crack. I'd say he could pull it out of the bag. Determined young man. He is that. And there's something about him. There's, you know, there's an energy about DJ. That's very special. Um, he made me bawl my eyes out on one day and I now adore David Williams, a uh, legend. David Williams was brilliant with him. If you didn't hear it, you can listen back on podcast. Uh, we surprised DJ with uh, David Williams on the phone and he was just so lovely to DJ. And they, they struck it off. They, they hit it off uh, immediately. 
And David, as I said, has promised when he's in Ireland to uh, hook up with DJ. Uh, now, uh, just a reminder about the quiz. We're looking for two people to come on after four o'clock. 0818 715 925. 0818 715 925. Uh, how much is the lotto jackpot that needs to be won tomorrow night? Uh, 0818 715 925. On RTE Radio 1. Text 51551. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Okay, we're trying to get somebody up on the line there, but we're having some technical issues. Thank you. Yeah. So we hope to sort those out. Uh, but now, Dido. So thank you on RTE Radio 1. Now, Derry Girl Jamie Lee O'Donnell has gone from lockdown to lock up. Uh, she's back on the small screen playing prison guard Rose in the Channel 4 show Screw and she's on the line now uh, How are you doing Jamie Lee? Hi how's it going? Good to talk to you again How uh, are you doing? Yeah uh, So I watched it I really enjoyed uh, Screw so describe it to people because you know a, a sort of a, a prison drama is probably a turn off for some people Well it's there are some light moments and there are some comedy it's, it's a bit like it's a realistic look at the, a prison life for prison officers and the prisoners and the relationships between them all. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's really it's really exciting. Sort of, it's exciting. It's drama. It's a bit of comedy. But, uh, it's good crack. Yeah, uh, and it, it's it's you're uh, obviously a female prison officer in in a, in a male prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and everything that goes with that. And you're you're a new recruit. You're sort of wet behind the ears. Um, well, whenever whenever I come in, it's sort of the audience comes in through my eyes at the beginning. So it's roses. They start with roses. And that's my character. Roses first day, and it's sort of all the madness sort of starts the minute she comes on the door. So yeah. it kicks off from there. And you've a, I noticed you've a Northern English accent, which isn't yes. your your normal accent, as we can hear. It's not. Yes, <laughs> you're pure dairy, pure dairy. Um, is 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 it difficult? Because dairy, the dairy accent is quite strong, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is a bit. Yes. So is is it um, more is it more difficult when you have a strong accent to do accents or does it matter? Do you know what? I'm not I'm not sure to be honest. I know my accent is pretty strong. But I do enjoy doing accents and I've always done it even since I was way like you yeah. know when you're making stuff up we plays in the house and, and sort of do me bits and pieces yourself. I always enjoy doing different accents and I enjoy the challenge. So it was really nice to get to do it. In a, in a professional setting yeah. as opposed to just me in the house. <laughs> I, I, I suppose it's it's great to be doing something on your own without the rest of them. <laughs> when I say the yeah. rest of them, I mean Derry Girls, the Derry Girls. Yeah, the, D, the DD crew. Yes. Um, do you know what? Everybody's sort of getting on and doing their own thing and it's really brilliant to see and I think we just, I'm just, I'm just really appreciative of the platform that Derry Girls has given us because we are able to all go and be so busy but um, it was great to film the the show there before Christmas. Yeah, and everyone, everyone's off to another own thing now again. And we'll talk about wrapping up in a moment. But but I, I remember talking to you. I think it was a, a day after the Iftis when yes. um, when Derry Girls swept the boards, and and you, you were high on life and Derry Girls and Come winning over. all the <laughs> yes. And but you did say to me. I remember you say to me that that Derry Girls had changed your life, and it, ha- it really has changed your life, hasn't it? It really has. It really has. I said this to Lisa. Um, it has changed my life and it's one of those things I'll never be able to repair for but it's 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 given me the level of career I've got now and it's allowed me to sort of to grow in my career and as a person and sort of really yeah. just enjoy my career. It's It's been brilliant. It has been life-changing and it's it's so, I'm so proud to be to have been part of it. And, and of course it has changed your life when you're anywhere in, in, this, you know, in Northern Ireland because uh, it broke all sorts of records, wasn't it? It, mm. it was the most watched programme ever up, up, up in Northern Ireland. Uh, so you are immediately recognisable anywhere you go. Yep, 
Um, do you know what? It's, 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 and further afield, it's random. Like, cause I was in LA a few years ago and people were stopping me there to ask about dairy yields. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's crazy how far the reach is yeah. globally. Of course, because it's on Netflix, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, so we spoke to Siobhan uh, before Christmas and she was telling us about the, the, the final uh, scenes and it must have been very emotional to rap on that, on Dairy Girls. It was. It was a real bittersweet sort of ending because I think we all are really proud of what we've done. Um, for the show so far and we're really really I mean I'm really proud of the ending I think I think Lisa's done a really brilliant job to wrap it up for everybody and for the audience but obviously it's sad because you just you sort of want to play these crazy characters forever because yeah. it's just it's great fun you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. that's brilliant Yeah and I, I, I think people will have experienced that you know when you're going through something in your life you know it's very special you know it won't last forever mm. but but you appreciate that it, that it is that it's exactly that's the thing, and it's it's very bittersweet. I'm so proud yes. to have been part of it, but at some point it has to come to an end. You know, everybody has to grow up. So, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. How was lockdown for you? It was it was grand. It was really uneventful. I think just <laughs> yes, yeah. um, about my main main goal was what takeaway I was having that night. So I just just to, <laughs> just just eat and watch TV and do a wee bit of writing. Really, really uninteresting. I think I'm by an air fryer. So oh. pretty pretty unique that way. What was your go to takeaway? <laughs> Just anything, anything digestible, to be honest. Right. It was just right. food. You weren't fussy. Yeah. Uh, right, so Screw is on Channel 4. Um, recommended from here. Um, and next time you're in Dublin, you might come in and say hello to us in the flesh. Jamie Lee O'Donnell, thanks so much for taking time out to talk to us today. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, See you soon. bye now. Bye. Bye, bye-bye. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Tweet at Radio Ray RTE. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Uh, now, um, so people all over the country are going to be joining various locations um, to remember uh, Ashling Murphy. Um, and I'm thinking about these vigils and there's loads of things going on. Um, it's, uh, it's a show of solidarity for the Murphy family. It's a cry, it's a call uh, to action, I think, for people to change the world we live in. Um, uh, we need to have a world where we're girls, women can feel safe. We've an awful lot of work to do to get to there because we've been hearing how unsafe a lot of women feel uh, when they're just going for a walk or going for a run uh, or coming home from a restaurant or a pub. Uh, They have to consider things that us men never need considering. Um, So there'll be an awful lot of emotions going on in, in these vigils and they're not just happening today, they're happening all over the country. Some of them are tomorrow. And uh, uh, I'm just checking out to see where that list that Joe had at the end of Liveline, where that exists. So you can check to see if there's a vigil close to you. Uh, And then somebody has suggested that if you can't get to a vigil, that you can show solidarity with a candle uh, in your window, window, like we used to do in the olden days on on, on Christmas Eve. Some people still do it. Uh, In memory of the late um, Ashling Murphy, uh, teacher in Duro National School, uh, first class. She played Camogie with Kilcormac Kilocki the senior camogie team there for the last 16 years. She was uh, an accomplished fiddle player. She just bought a set of villain pipes and was setting out to to learn how to play that very, it's a difficult instrument to to learn how to play. Um, Ballyboy Kyotis Koltori was uh, her Kyotis Koltori group. She was in their youth choir and senior orchestra. um, And uh, uh, her dad, Ray, was a banjo player. Uh, Her mother, Kathleen, uh, a singer. Um, Amy, brother Kyle, uh, 
Uh, there are books of condolences online now. You'll be able to find those. Uh, so if you, again, if you can't get to a vigil, uh, you, you can you can go on there and show your solidarity. And we're just going to take some time out now, a few minutes um, uh, of reflection. Um, and we can all think um, and try and in some way give them a big national hug uh, that they definitely need at this time. Ashling Murphy are yes, the Gareva Anam. Anishtoshi now in the brief scale to Nanokta, the Kata Wallish. Thank you very much. Five on five, five on Ray at RTE.ie. Now, uh, time for our quiz today. And we say hello to Trish O'Dowd in Limerick. How are you doing, Trish? Hey, Ray, how are you? Good to talk to you today. And you? Yeah. What's your story? I'm here at home. Right. Just one of those days off for housework and everything has to get done. Give us some detail, yeah. Uh, what do you usually do when you're not at home? I work for a Hurley company. Aha. Uh-huh. And you say Hurley, not Hurl. Oh, Hurley. 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 R- right. And not come on. No. No. Uh, no. Hurley. Uh, how many Hurleys do you make in your Hurley company? Oh, we could go through a few thousand a year. Right. Mm. Uh, they're handmade, are they? Are they machine made? Um, they'd be machine made and finished off by hand. Okay. And is it a Hurley company that people would know the name of? Uh, Champion Hurleys, Daily Hurleys in, in Limerick. Okay. Great. Um, and how long have you worked there? Uh, two years. Right. Uh, and who's at home with you today? I'm here on my own, actually. My daughter was here with me, but she's gone out. Right. Uh, what age is she? Uh, 11. Just huh? gone 11 the other day. Okay. Does she know about much about what's going on? Trish, do you know, with, with, with poor Ashling Murphy, or have you sheltered her from it? No, no, she watches the news. Um, she knows a little bit of what's going on. She knows there's bad people out there. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. I suppose that that's, you have to teach your children that as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, well, you can't shield them from everything, unfortunately, so. Yeah. Um, and does she play Camogie? She does. Right, and she has a good supply of Hurleys, obviously. She does, <laughs> <laughs> Infinite supply, yes. Infinite supply, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And is there a match this weekend? Uh, Limerick Hurlers are playing this weekend. Oh, Limerick, right, right. And, and so, yeah, you have a vested interest. And do you supply hurls for them? Hurleys, sorry? Um, we do. Some of the, the players come out and get the hurleys from us, have done for years, yeah. Right, okay. You're up against uh, Shane Gary, who's also in Limerick. How are you doing, Shane? Hello, Ray, how's things? You've plans for the weekend? Uh, you're no, going to, no, well, you're going to win the point. you're going to win the lottery, you think, but oh, of course yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen because I'm going to win it. Yeah. <laughs> Trish, are you going to win it as well? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the way it's going, we we could all share it. You know, the the three of us. Um, what else is going on there, Shane? Not much now. Ray, similar to Trish, not home, cleaning the cottage before herself comes home. Right, and and what does herself do? Uh, she's a primary school teacher. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, they're all in a bit of shock. Yeah. What happened yesterday. But, um, yeah, she's finished school there and I'm sitting down with her mum inside and Gary on, so I better say hello to the board of them. Yeah. Claire and Bernadette. Claire and Bernadette, okay. Um, and you're a manufacturing engineer? That's correct, yeah. So, I work for a medical device company down in Cork, so. Right. Um, I'm working from home today, but. Is that every Friday? The majority of Fridays, yeah. So I commute, and um, maybe two, three days a week. Right. Try to work from home then. Yeah. Good work-life balance. Yeah, and, and it's a big year for you and Claire. It is. Right. It is. So 
Um, a couple of months finals are getting made um, in Tralee. Right. Uh, September 22nd. So. Yeah. Yeah, coming up to a year anniversary now, it's 5th of February. Where Whereabouts are you getting married? Down in Tralee. Yeah, where, where do you know? Do you oh, know? Ba- uh, Bally CD. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know the people there. I'll put in a good word for you. Too, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we might get a round of drinks on our you team. Might, yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, I'll have a word anyway. <laughs> uh, with Marnie down there. Uh, okay, uh, right. Uh, so three questions each on the clips you will hear. Uh, if you go for a short clip, it's a little bit more difficult. So you get two points each. Um, and if you go for a longer one, it's one point. Whoever gets the most points gets the prize. Uh, good luck to you both. Here we go. Good luck, Shane. That's Trish there, Shane. Good luck, yeah. Trish. Good luck. Yeah, right, Trish, to you first then. The year is 2019. So okay. three, three years ago now. And we're starting in the movies. So do you want to go for a long clip or a short clip? Go short. Go short. Okay, this movie musical got slated around the world when it was released. Can you name it? And here's your short clip for two points. So, a movie musical that got slated in 2019. Oh, I know the song. Yeah. No, Cats. Yes, yes, are you good? From the recesses of your brain. Yeah. Cats was cat, as they'd say, in certain parts of the country. You you get two points for that. Well done. Uh, Shane, still 2019. We're at the movies still. So, do you want to go short or long? I'll go short. Go short, right, uh, for two points. This delightful movie, Imagine the World Without the Beatles. And here is your short clip for two points. When I find myself in times of trouble... It's like a drink, Terry. Dad. Paul McCartney something? No. It's one of those ones, if you don't know it, you won't know it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, And and if you haven't seen it, you should watch it over the weekend, yourself and Claire. It's It's a lovely movie. Uh, do you want to take a stab at it? No. 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 Yesterday. Yesterday. It's a great movie. So n- nothing there, but early days. Uh, Trish, you're two points in front. Second question is a music question. 2019. What do you want to do? Do you want to go short or long? Go long. Go long on this one. Okay. This American artist had huge mainstream success with the release of her third studio album. So we need the name of her, the singer, or the song. And here's your long clip for one point. Mirror, mirror. Now. Not a clue, Ray. No. No. Lizzo. No. Lizzo. That's Lizzo no, and Juice. No, not a clue. Nothing. Right, okay. You've, you've sort of uh, left the door open now for Shane. I know, yeah. yeah. So, Shane, it's 2019. How are you on music? Uh, iffy, but I'll go, I'll go short. Yeah. You go short, see if you can even things up. Okay, this yeah. Scottish singer released this song as a single from his debut album in 2019. So we're looking for the song or the singer. Here's your short clip for two points. I'm missing my same old us. Lewis Capaldi. Yes, hold me while you wait. Yeah, two all. And only one question to go. Trish, that makes it interesting for mm-hmm. for the neutrals. <laughs> not, not so much for you, but... Uh, so, uh, final question then. Um, you're on two, so too is Shane. So if you go for a one-pointer uh, and get it, even if you get a right shing, go for a two-pointer and beat you. It's obviously okay. more difficult to go for uh, a two-pointer, but you put Shane under a lot of pressure. He has to go for a two-pointer as well. That'll bring us to a tie-break if he gets it right. So wh- what do you want to do? We'll go short. 
You go short. Okay. Live dangerously. Right. Uh, so in the news from 2019, what measure did libraries bring in, into being in January of 2019 to encourage usage of their services? And here is your short clip for two points. Will people bring the books back? I hope people are honest enough to bring the books back. Yes, I think they will. No late fine. Yes, that's it. They abolished fines. They abolished okay. fines. They, abol- they, they abolished fines. Yeah, so I'll, 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 I'll take that. That's two points. Yes, that's that's it. Uh, so, Shane, uh, Trish is on four. Uh, you're on two. I suppose you have to go for the short one, don't you? I do, I do. I okay. Uh, so, again, in the news, 2019, uh, what phenomenon was recorded 15 kilometres southeast of Donegal in January of 2019? Okay, what phenomenon was recorded 15 kilometres southeast of Donegal in January 2019? And here is your short clip by way of a clue for two points. Just heard this noise and thought, what is that? And thought, oh well, it must be thunder. Because uh. of the sound quality and that, I'm going to play it again for you. So you, just because you have to strain your ears to hear it. Okay, so we're looking for the phenomenon that was recorded 15 kilometres southeast of Donegal. Just heard this noise and thought, what is that? And thought, oh well, it must be thunder. Um, was it the biggest wave in Sligo? Guess. No, it was an earthquake. An oh. earthquake with a magnitude of 2.1 on the Richter scale. Um, so it was 15 kilometres southeast of Donegal, 15 kilometres northeast of Ballyshannon. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, uh, Shane, we're going to send you out a couple of radar show mugs. One for you, one for Claire. Oh, I love this stuff. And listen, good, good luck with everything in the lead up and including the wedding. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, okay. Thank you. Bye. See you, Shane. Bye. Bye. Uh, Trish, well done. Thank you. Uh, so you Great. are off to the Wilder Townhouse in Dublin City Centre. Um, Lovely. And it's overnight accommodation, cocktails from their gin bar, full home cooked breakfast. Uh, it sounds like a, a, a lovely place. Uh, it's a, Lovely, It's yeah. a Victorian townhouse steeped in history and lovingly restored. Offers a luxurious experience for every guest coming through its welcoming doors. That's Happy you. Happy days. Happy days is right. Trish, have a great weekend. You too, Ray. Well done. See you now. Bye. Bye. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Now, Bill is saying it's uplifting to see a live feed of the vigil for Ashley Murphy outside the Dáil, to see so many boys and men of all ages. People are just standing in silence with all the women and many with lit candles as they offer their thoughts for Ashling and her family and friends. That's from uh, Bill there. That's Feist on RT Radio 1 and 1, 2, 3, 4. Uh, I'm joined now by James Kavanagh and William Murray from uh, Currabini who are here to discuss warm, winter, comforting, lovely blanket-type food. Yes. That's, that's it, isn't it? That's, 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 that's the label. It's, it's the Tis time the of the season. year. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing else, really. It is the season to wrap ourselves up in lovely food. Definitely. I know. We're yeah. not do- done indulging after Christmas. We need more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We had kind of a, maybe a week afterwards, but it's just salads. And now it's kind of back to the roast chickens and stuff. We had the most amazing roast chicken mm. um, two nights ago. And I'd never done this before, but William asked me to, I was I was getting instructed on what to do. He was coming home. I was He's on like, the other end of the phone. But, uh, <laughs> we, we got our gorgeous organic chicken from Ring Roads Chicken. They do the most amazing chickens. And he said, boil it in salted water for 10 minutes mm. before you roast it. Then pat it dry. Right. And it's like a quick brine. Yeah, you know, so you brine the chicken overnight. Of brining it overnight or whatever, 
or you know people like I don't know how long they brine their chicken for I've actually never done that yeah like the oh, full brine lads, I did, the, I did, did it. have you done turkey I, I let you I did it people I did do it. a goose and turkey I did yeah. Michelle Lawson one one year but it does make a difference the I brining I, I don't know if it does people put it in the bath and everything like it's <laughs> I tell you what, madness that, that was so hot big tub chicken. And, and such a thing that they actually took the you know, out of it on uh, what's the name of the one with Richard um, uh, Corden? What's his name? What, James Corden. James what's, Corden. What's the oh, name the Tonight Show is it? No, there, what's the name uh, of the drama he was in? The, the oh, um, Kevin and Stacey. Yes, yeah, they actually Gavin took and the, Stacey. They yeah. took the <laughs> piss out of it because you have to put it into a bucket and you. Yeah, put, I remember that episode. Uh, you yeah, put yeah, oranges yeah. and everything in. Like, yeah, I had it out in the shed overnight. Uh, yeah. that See, I love the drama of that. I think that's exciting. But the ten-minute boil brine. This is a quick brine, so you just you get it into boiling water really salty boiling water for 10 minutes breast side down so you, your it's kind of legs are sticking up in the air yeah. and you um, then you've got your oven preheated to around 220 so quite a hot oven and because you've you've essentially brined and boiled it slightly for like 10 for quick boil for 10 minutes it's slightly cooked and then you pat it dry because you still want the skin quite crispy and then you get it in the oven what you covered in oil salt a bit Pepper, of butter yeah, lemon yeah. whatever you want garlic and then you get in the quite a hot oven um, and then you just need to, to roast it for like an hour an hour and 15 minutes it was the best chicken I've ever had it was so good really crispy skin like uber crispy skin perfectly cooked and really like an is amazing flavour you're power boiling it really kind <laughs> of almost yeah, yeah almost but it's only a 10 minute kind of a right. 10 minute quick one you and shock the, yeah. it into like I think that the meat gets kind of like it's shocked. so weird I was like are you sure William yeah. like it looked wrong but it was right but boiled chicken does that not smell does that not stink no it does I, I, I think if you no. left it in the boiling water until it was cooked Cooks. through it might right. be a bit minging but and what to serve it with Tell them about your bog Yes. Carrots. So yeah. I was in the, I was in a, a green a green grocer's down the road for me in Cabra and um they had bog carrots. Have you ever heard of bog carrots? Neither had I. And I was like, what well, you know, what are they? And the, the man was like, bog carrots. And they're they're grown in the peat, I think, from the bog. Mm. And they were the nicest carrots I've ever had in my entire life. And they come sort of like you can almost not see the carrots, they're so encrusted they're in, in like encased. <laughs> but you rinse them, rub them off, and you know, cut them into whatever shape you want, and a little bit of olive oil, and we roasted them alongside the chicken but uh, if it makes sense to you they're the most carrotiest carrot yes, I've no, it does. ever it makes sense, tasted yeah. Yeah. and incredibly sweet so, so bog carrots bog carrots <laughs> bog carrots never get into it yeah. maybe it's just an Irish thing I don't know but they're, they're, they're incredible and did you roast potatoes with that we did did yeah. yeah roasted potatoes we had a bit of a nightmare with our roast potatoes uh, at Christmas so we had to redeem ourselves um, what yeah. did you, you I, I made the biggest blunder I make the most amazing roast potatoes if I do say so myself but I roasted them um, the way I would in in, in goose fat um, and then you crush, crush them and then roast them again but I took them out and then I put tinfoil over them and put set them aside for like half an hour and they steamed you kind of they went soft yeah, yeah, they went a bit yeah. soggy yeah they were still but we, nice we, but they were we served them with roast potatoes made an amazing gravy and then the next day which is the great thing of buying a good chicken because you can mm. get three dinners out of it so we made there's only two of you there's only two there's only two and if you're greedy like <laughs> us yeah maybe not so much but you made an amazing leek leek pie yeah well, well I, did, I, I, I made a stock out of the, the carcass and I took whatever meat we hadn't eaten off and put that in the fridge and then the day after I using the stock and the leftover chicken I made like just a really nice chicken pie oh, and I, I haven't made one in ages and my mum used carrots. to make them with yeah. the bog carrots again because we had more bog carrots <laughs> yeah. and like loads of um, loads of creamy leeks yes. tarragon yeah. um, fried off some bacon as well had that in there and then just like store bought store bought puff pastry is actually really good and just had that over it over a skillet bit of egg wash into the oven 
It was Incredible. amazing. And we had that for the next like two or three and days. And then we had Delicious. sandwiches. And then the and next then day we had sandwiches. sandwiches no, no, with the, no, with the pie. No, no with, with the, the pie. chicken. With no. the chicken, yeah. They're called dirty carrots here in Mayo. Dirty carrots, okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Dirty yeah. mayo I carrots. I don't know why I've never yeah. seen them before, but they're the, the, the carrots. Uh, I do mine roasted with honey, best ever tip. Now, I did the best carrots this Christmas. That, that, like, I, I was so proud of them because yeah. I've tried to get the, the roasted carrots right and I never what got right. What did you do? Well, firstly, I was cutting them too thinly. Yes. So I just literally, carrots. you know, big chunks of carrot, mm. right? And then I parboiled them for, uh, for cold water up to about six minutes when it came to the boil yeah. uh, but this is the big thing you put them in in the oven you roast them and then you when they're just finished it's uh, butter and honey and you throw them into that pan just mm. to finish them off delicious it was delicious yeah, yeah. now delicious. I didn't even parboil the bog carts didn't even need it didn't even need they were it. perfect mm. now in, in, in other news you're doing a lot on Instagram so, mm. so you're, you're slagging people in a nice sort of way and, and they like it we, we like a bit of slagging in this country kind of yeah I, I think I'm fearful that we're losing the art of it because yeah. people are a bit too sensitive I know yeah. well they, they I, I started off rating people's Christmas dinners on request and right, I, right. I I said you know I someone sent me two and then it I wasn't got, unsolicited no <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then I got you know a hundred more dinners. I was rating them, and people were like, "Drag me!" Like they wanted me to right. almost like criticize food, but I wasn't criticizing food. I was just you know presentation that kind of thing. And then someone in, they were enjoying my ratings so much they asked me to rate and review um, c- communion photos. Right. Now, these are from the nineties, so yes. there's some amazing. Well, photos. I I very earnestly sent in my communion photo to James, and he told me I looked like a very like a seventy year old man. He, okay. he weirdly looks like a young boy and also a. 70 year old man asking the, the price of a field like he's from Cork and he looks for, like he's from Cork oh my yeah, god yeah. what does that mean there are, some people, do. there are some people who have their, the, the, the same head me. they're going to have for their life <laughs> that's, that's, that's it that's yeah. it yeah. now here I, I, I heard you were doing that so okay. I, I desperately got on to the, 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 the disc that my mum sent me with all my photos on it and I yeah. found it it was it was photo number 14 oh my god I'm trying to figure out what age what, what it, was, it, was, it was 1970 or 1971 yeah so I'd give William, I'll give you a copy of it first. There's me in my first communion outfit. Uh, Marty Fleming was the oh local photographer, God. and you had to go up to get your the official photo taken in, in, in his studio. So there, there, there's me. Oh <laughs> my it God! Looks, it looks Zeus. Yeah. Doesn't it look like um, you're in, in in the Second World War and you're being sent off on a train somewhere? Yeah, I'm not to live not, with not to be offensive, but it does look like it's from the 1920s or 10, yeah, 1910s. No. It reminds me of like Good uh, Good Night, Mister Tom, or something that kind of yeah. era. Well. <laughs> Just for people at home, I'm wearing short trousers and, and knee socks. And knee socks. Knee yeah. socks, little gorgeous shoes. Yes. Loafers. And you have your little prayer book, is it? Yes, it would be a prayer and book. And a gorgeous, very voluptuous rosette, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. And then the tie and the shirt. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this an eight out of All ten. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. But yeah. you know what? I love the backdrop. I yes. love those tacky backdrops that mm. don't happen these days, apparently. Like, you know, the sky the sky backdrops and stuff from graduation photos. People were saying the that The hair would be very anymore. trendy right now as well. It's kind that of a blunt <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 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 and then the ears. I, now, why it, is it in black and white? Was it actually in black and white? Oh, it was actually in black and white. No, 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 no colour then. It's like you're really yes. So yeah, if you're interested, we'll put that up. on uh, I'm trying to because I don't remember the suit. Is there a check? Is there a faint check, or is that just the reproduction? I think of the that's thing? the reproduction. Is I it? think it's a, just a navy suit. Yeah. Maybe is it? Yeah, I should uh, be able you would to be remember. Very jazzy now if there was a pattern on the suit. I think there might be a colour version. I love the socks. I think you look like a royal royal child like <laughs> Prince look, George or something look at those knees oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's very sad the Love brilliant that. thing I think about slagging people's first Holy Communion uh, things is you can do it and people slag their own photos don't mm. they yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a real bit of crack. What yeah. are you going to take the next when you've run out of First Holy Communion? Did uh, I hear you do fridges as well? I do fridges. That's right. the most popular okay. thing. Is so it? yeah, right. I'm putting up a new fridge at rating and reviewing fridges tomorrow. Uh, and some of the, <laughs> this fri- is the interior of your fridge as opposed to... Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And are some you going to do your are, own fridge, James? Uh, no, I don't think so. And I will admit our fridge isn't up to... Th- like I'm getting some fridges. He they're definitely around the Dublin four, the double door oh, fridges with the water and the ice. and But then, you know, there's some tiny fridges that they do they stock well it's really interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I would have given you a photograph of the fridge but I'd have to seek my wife's permission first well you can send me that it's quite personal isn't it the it is very personal I'm, I'm getting messages from people like oh don't put this up but look give me a personal yeah. review right. my mum okay. will kill me yeah. if she knew I sent you the fridge now we're running out of time is there a book coming this year lads well we're in talks yeah, yeah about a second cookbook okay. but what's more imminent is we have a food truck launching in February so we're launching that in um, maybe around Thomas Street and it's going to be seasonal sandwiches broths and soups and a hot pot oh, so gorgeous kind of nice Kurabini food mm. um, so yeah follow Kurabini on Instagram and you'll see when we're popping up but it should be delicious and, and, uh, and you can catch our articles every week on the examiner as well yes yeah. Yeah. and if you want your first Holy Communion or fridge raters you know where to go as well yeah. <laughs> uh, William thanks good to Thank see you, you. James good, good to see you, you. Uh, have a great weekend that's it from us uh, uh, drive time around the way have a great weekend it's the Ray Darcy show on RTE Radio 1